babysitter. Ain't you got a TV? Yeah. All right, then. You're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, hoosker doos, hoosker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips of dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? Welcome to Doubled Feature, the podcast about twin films. I'm Dan. I'm Max. Let's start the show. You just shortened the intro on me all of a sudden. Hello? Who's there? It's housekeeping. It's me housekeeping. I shortened the intro. (laughs) I've said the whole long version enough times. I get it. I just wanted something clean to come in on. Damn near identical. Yeah, like (laughs) by like the 10th time I went through the whole long thing, I was like, yeah, people... People get it now. You can yeah. grasp what we're doing off just me snappily saying, welcome to Double Feature. And they, they probably get twin films. It's not like a hard concept, right? I mean, I think if you're listening to the podcast, you definitely... I mean, if this is your first episode, you're going to figure it out by the end of it, hopefully. A lot of people coming in for these movies. Well, no, this is probably so. their second episode. They loved those uh, horrible uh, murdering a child movies we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got a nice write-up in Vulture about yeah, we're, that we're one. Getting, um, yeah. We're definitely just, what, dredging the psychopath market? <laughs> people and it's you like, sick fucks. Oh, you know, they're talking about a, a fucking torture movie. Not this time. Nope. Sort of, if you count the Buffalo Bob scene from Joe Dirt. Um, it yeah, kind dude, of applies. Let's deal with that fucking scene, dude. It's just like, like it wasn't topical. Like, I get that. That's a real guy, right? Like, re- loosely a real guy. I mean, it's kind of based on Ed Gein. Yeah. The, but, the making the, like, but um, it's mostly Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, they're riffing on, which yeah. like wasn't topical at the time Joe Dirt came out. No, Joe Dirt came out a full ten years after Silence of the Lambs, and then even later than that, there's the uh, Buffalo Bill riff scene in Clerks Two. When um, the film Hannibal came out the same year as, but um, that's about a different Joe guy. Dirt, that's about <laughs> it's a different guy. Bit. Oh, what's no, I was thinking Red Dragon. What's Hannibal about? I don't know Hannibal. Is that Hannibal just a different is just the one of those sequel, stories? right? I don't know. I've never seen Hannibal. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen Red Dragon either. I've only seen Manhunter. Yeah, Hannibal's the one that's got Ray Liotta and Gary Oldman, where he's like eating Gary Oldman's face, but Gary mm-hmm. Oldman survives and yeah, he eats Ray Liotta's brain and stuff. Damn. While Ray Liotta's still alive. Gather yeah, all of Ray Liotta's knowledge, dude. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's directed by Ridley Scott. Oh. Yeah. It's good. I like Hannibal. Hmm. Hannibal's a good time. I gotta, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch Red Dragon as well. I've, I, I'm due for a rewatch of Silence of the Lambs, honestly. I, Red Dragon is the weakest out of the, like, three, I guess. Have you seen Manhunter? I've not seen Manhunter yet. You gotta watch it. I do need to watch Manhunter. Um, it's got my boy CSI on it. Mm-hmm. Movie, I love CSI, the actor. That movie has been, like, like the amount I see that movie referenced on film Twitter, like maybe the most I see a single film referenced. Oh, really? Like, yeah, people fucking going ape shit for this. I mean, I like it a lot. 
seeing so much buzz about it constantly, I feel like I like it more now than when I watched it even. Yeah. Which means I'm an impressionable little bitch. Um, but yeah, Legion really did fucking rule. Another movie that I've been wanting to see that I just see referenced on um like film Twitter a lot, and this has not like this isn't like a thing, just something I see on film Twitter, right? Is uh <clears throat> Stalker. Tarkovsky's Stalker from seventy nine. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it looks cool as fuck. Either. I want to watch that shit. I, I have a Criterion Blu-ray of it. Have Do you? I have not watched it. Bring it on over, dude. Let's watch it. <laughs> it's actually... Oh, shit. That's what I was going to do today. I was going to go to fucking Barnes & Noble. They have uh, it's Criterion Summer Sale right now. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Speaking, so let's. Just, I'm just... We're just kind of rolling now. Mm-hmm. Another movie that I've not watched yet, but we've mentioned on this podcast. Max, this is a new segment, dude. What you haven't been watching? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to watch? <laughs> what haven't you uh, watched? No, so I've been I I listen to podcasts on my own, right? What about seen and unseen? But it's S C E N E and unseen, like normal unseen. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's one that doesn't really work unless we spell it out. Yeah, <laughs> could be I a good, na- could be a good name. <laughs> if you hear that said in the future, that's how it's spelled. seen with a C and unseen. Um, People love it. It's not too wordy. Everyone says it's not too wordy. <laughs> People are saying this. <laughs> the The focus groups have come back. They've said mm-hmm. it's not too wordy. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. Yeah, I just did a Twitter poll. Everybody said everything you do is cool. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100% of the, the responses came back said, good to go. Yep. Uh, no, it um, says also you're handsome. Thanks, guys. I was listening to a different podcast, a non-film podcast. I'm not going to name the name because no free, no free clout from the deed feature. Okay. Uh, but talking about we're gonna have our getting the the rage cage night, mm-hmm. and uh, my, uh, I guess um, that's, offering for that's that a is, night where we watch a bunch of Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, haven't done it yet. Um, was season of the witch. Yeah. Uh, had had some stuff. Apparently, it's about the Black Plague, mm-hmm. and uh, had some people. Yeah, I think Nick Cage has a sword, right? Yeah. Yeah. People on the podcast I was listening to saying that it's a very very good time. So, finally found somebody else who's seen it. I still they think we it. shouldn't do that on Nicolas Cage night. I still think we should watch Nicolas Cage season of The Witch and the George A. Romero season of The Witch. Completely different movies. Just happen Wait, to have Romero the same did name. a season of The Witch? Yeah, it has nothing to do with the Nicolas Cage movie. They just have the same name. It's about, like, a unhappy uh, housewife who turns to witchcraft fucks a teenager in a bucket hat oh cool yeah it's pretty good so do you think is the operative sort of um descriptor of being able to fuck an unhappy housewife is it teenager bucket hat because i have one of those things um she wants to fuck him before he shows up in the bucket hat okay so it's not the bucket hat i don't think it's the bucket hat that does it yeah there goes my chances of ever fucking an unhappy housewife dude (laughs) You can maybe work a different angle. I it, look if all I know is that unhappy house from about unhappy housewives from the, is from, from season of the witch. Heard of. Yes, yeah, it's my only point yeah. of reference for an unhappy housewife. They like other stuff, they want to fuck teenagers with bucket hats. Yeah, well, I mean, pool boy is the old trope. You could just get a job as a pool boy, right? Is that even a? I mean, that is a thing, but 
Uh, like pool that's, boys. That's um that's like a common kink in the same way like babysitter is something like that. Just because pool of, like, boy is proximity. the male equivalent of babysitter is what you're saying. Oh, you're saying men can't babysit? No, I can, can but pools. In interesting, yeah, Max. Yeah. I'd like to let you off the hook by okay. uh, bringing you into what you've been watching. Sure. One of the movies I watched was The Babysitter. Yeah, I had never seen. It. That was a good segue, actually. It was a good segue. I I would give myself. I would love to give myself the credit that I worked all of those lines. I figured out a way to bring it back. To that you would you nope. would reverse engineer it the whole way. into it. Looked into it. Yeah, watch the baby. Twenty seventeen, yeah. The Babysitter, directed by Mick G. Mick G, dude. <laughs> He also directed Charlie's Angels, right? Yeah, he's mostly a music video guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, his name's McG. <laughs> At least that's what he goes by. Yeah. Joseph McGinty Nickel. Uh, his name's McG, dude. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to watch that one for a while. Um, it's a lot of fun. Terminator Salvation, Charlie's Angels Full Throw. Yeah, I, I, that, so then you need to watch the second one, too. It's the kid is just older and then little bit, they come yeah. back and stuff. He looks a lot older, but it's only supposed to be like, it's not a super significant amount of time later. And he's obviously aged quite a bit because he's yeah. a teenager. Um, I, the first movie is so fucking good. I yeah, love really good. the first babysitter movie. The second one is solid. It just does not even come close still to the first one. My favorite the aspect of it, the jock be- guy. Okay, yeah, that's it's what just I was say so is fucking yeah. good. Um, so it's definitely a little too formulaic. I think <clears throat> maybe even in the movie they mention it that each person he has to take out is like just over the top emblematic of one of his shortcomings that he has right. to overcome. So the movie yeah. is insanely formulaic because of that, but. It's good, and yeah, especially the jock guy, who well, it's self aware. Yeah, is trying to kill him, but also like hype being, him up. Yeah, getting proud of him and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, it's good. It's um, his character is just like it played by Robbie Amell. Just absolutely fucking steals the show, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I want to rewatch the Babysitter now, just talking about it, and um, I did, I how never good he is like. Australians are just British people for the most part. But criminals. Right. But there's something that's changed or warped in their genes over the years because, like, even Samara Weaving's not doing all, like, there's times where you can tell, like, oh, she has an accent. But, like, in this and, um, uh, that movie where, they play the games. Ready or not. Ready or not. Yeah. In all those, when she's doing an American accent, you can tell she's got some sort of accent, but mm-hmm. she just looks like she has an Australian accent. She looks very like you, Australian. You can look her, like in a crowd, you could just spot her and be like, oh, that girl's Australian, dude. Yeah. Like, Australian people Australian have a look, look to them, yeah. She's smoking sure. hot. Absolutely. Babe and a half. She's got the big eyes. Big eyes. Love that. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, She's very cool in that movie. Yeah, when she starts killing people, I was like, whoa, I knew something was going to happen. I thought the force of evil was going to be from outside, not inside. Nope. Bella Thorne's in there. She gets shot in the tit. Yeah, that's kind of her only thing. I think people don't like Bella Thorne. No, she kind of like fucked up. No, she doesn't die easily because she gets shot in the tit. 
And oh, yeah, because she comes sh- back. I think she's she? dead. Yeah, and uh, he comes to check on her, and then she tries to kill him. And, like, every time he, like, hits her with something, she, like, starts crying and acting like uh like super victimized and stuff and then he lets his guard down and then she attacks him again yeah i think people are mad at bella thorn i don't fully something about conceptually understand it i think people don't like her in general i think she's just kind of rude rude or something i know when she made an only fans everyone got mad at her because i think she just kind of like money from yeah kind of who uh, need it much more on only fans but then there was also something like I think, like, she crashed OnlyFans' website or something. I don't really know how it worked, but she, like, (laughs) she uh, did bad to sex workers, and we stand with sex workers. You're nodding. Okay, we do stand with sex workers. I am not. I'm sorry. This is a... Stop reading. What the fuck? Well, I'm just skimming her Wikipedia page. She's over here trying to come up with ways to... figure out why people don't like bella thorne i'm trying to uh, scan skim her who cares we're moving on to the next thing uh provide the thing yeah so she said she was gonna uh send naked pics it was all just like wearing uh lingerie and stuff basically she tricked a bunch of people or people feel i think people didn't like her before that too probably not she's just not liked a lot of people don't like a lot of people what else do you watch um you said you watched a bunch two of stuff other, that I'd two seen. Two other movies I know that you've seen before. Um, we might have we even mentioned it on the podcast at one point. The invitation. Oh, so good. So good. You really uh, did hit out like a couple just bangers of movies that I've seen. And I don't know if you watched them specifically because I had been talking about them. I know that a lot of them were already on both, your list. Both of those had been on my list for a long time. And then well, so I was so high off the invitation. Then I watched another Karen Kusama joint. I watched Jennifer's Body as well. Did you watch the... Because Kool-Aid and I have been meaning to rewatch it, or have been talking about rewatching it, but I really want to watch the director's cut, and I've been having a hard time finding where to watch it. I don't remember. Because I've heard the director's cut like significantly changes a lot of the movie and makes it a lot better. I don't remember what the... Um... I don't remember it saying anything about a cut what I downloaded, okay. so I think it was probably theatrical. Fair enough. Um, but I loved it. It was great. I liked the invitation probably a little more. I Jennifer's body is maybe is definitely more fun, but invitation is a better movie. I don't think people have fully come around or let me put it this way. I don't think Jennifer's body has fully become like a cult film. Um, yeah, I think it is, but it has definitely gotten um, a kind of reappraisal. People have definitely come around on it. I only say that it hasn't come become like a cult film because I don't feel like it has that same sort of fanatical fan base as some of these other movies do uh, that achieve those cult statuses. But it definitely got reappraised, Maybe and people like it now. Gayer. Maybe I don't know because there's definitely some uh, lesbian romance stuff going on i remember liking jennifer's body like well enough i've only seen it the one time like probably around the time it came out um yeah if you guys track down the director's cut i'll for sure watch it because i I had a great time just watching um 
whatever I assume the theatrical cut done. The invitation is just fantastic. I really love that movie. Uh, my biggest it's issue. Been one I wanted to watch again too. I, I fucking loved the invitation. It's got our boy Logan Marshall Green. Yep. From Upgrade in it. There's like not anybody else really in it, right? No, a lot of um. Oh um, what's his name? The fucking he's in Fargo. He's a great character. John actor. Carroll Lynch. John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. You gotta have a breakfast, Margie. <laughs> I, man, I love him Fargo. Just uh, he's so good. Uh, like if this were the podcast, I mean, he's too big in the movie, but a perfect that guy. Um, John Carroll Lynch is definitely is one hundred percent of that guy. Even though he gets bigger roles, he's so good in everything he does. He plays um a lot of bad guys too because he's super fucking big. Like yeah. stature wise, he's a I very mean, that's tall part guy. Of him in this movie is he's just kind of on the outskirts like an uncertain entity that's like big yeah and physically imposing he um, um but we shouldn't give away too much about no the, the invitation movie, is a think, movie that you should go in as blind as humanly possible I, to I, I will say vaguely just so we can talk about it in a vague like small extent is my biggest issue with it was it's so fucking good up until the reveal that like it it just is destroying me with like uh the tenseness of the situation and like will it go this way like we think it's definitely going this way but then something disproves it whatever then when it does pop off i'm like damn the anticipation of will it or won't it was better than it the thing actually happening i i, I i'm tra- it, it just makes no sense talking I, about it in these terms i shouldn't even have brought it i up, completely but. agree because you have a a, a lot of build-up yeah then there's an uh, an event then it kind of becomes another movie mm-hmm. um because you know it's that slow burn kind of thing it's the same thing that any sl- slow burn movie does the event with no spoilers the event afterwards i don't think continues that ramp it kind of plateaus, right. but then I think the final image <clears throat> you like that saves it. It's a little yeah. goofy to me. I like it, but it's a little goofy. Slow burn, yeah. I think is the best when I, dear listener, I hope you've seen this movie, yeah. so you're in on this conversation, not just me and Max uh, <laughs> talking about the movie as vaguely as well, possible. So think about like something like Rosemary's Baby, right? Yeah, that's just the quintessential slow burn movie. The perfect example yep. of of the genre, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have this ramping One of, of my tension. Movies of all time. You 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 ramp the tension, and the invitation does it just as well. I think the ramping of the tension, the just curiosity, the the terror of the unknown. You figure some things out, and then you backtrack yeah. because we're not ready to let you in on everything yet. But once you get the reveal in Rosemary's Baby, and it starts going. It's no longer a ramping. Show me those scaly eyes, baby. <laughs> it's it's no longer a ramping of tension. It's a ramping of absurdity that takes you into like a further like realm. Show the me John Cassavetes in fucking full devil makeup. Uh, the invitation, I think, ramps just as well. But then once you get to the reveal, there's no ramping of absurdity right. that it needed. Right. And then you get boop, little little bit where the you know the. Uh, the, uh, great, great movie though. The 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 meter boop, just sp- spikes right. right at the very end, and it just doesn't have the the pacing ramp doesn't follow the same thing where it yeah. needs to be all the way it, up. It you would just be, shift yeah. It, it would even be a fine movie if like my gripe isn't that the ending's even disappointing. 
so much as it is the build-up to the reveal is so much the best part of the movie. Yeah, it just outshines so, so it. Completely. Yeah, it's, my gripe is a positive that seems gripe, like a negative. The gripe is that the the first they two acts... They start out too good. <laughs> yeah, the first two acts are so good that yeah. the third couldn't possibly live up to it. Another movie... It's on Netflix. You guys go yeah. watch it. Netflix Another movie that you have invitation. on here that was one that I wanted... I want to talk about this because it's one that is like is very high on my list of watching movies. It's not Heat. Phantom, it's Phantom of, the of the Paradise. Who, baby? I, I want to watch okay, that so, so bad. So we've had too much time between records. I was going to skip around some of my what I've been watchings because there's a lot of heat on that list right now. Um, Phantom of the Paradise, uh, 1974, Robert De Palma. One of the best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so good. I watched it on my birthday. Um, It was a work night for me. I turned 30. I was a little depressed about it. Um, Ate too much chicken parmesan, so I canceled on plans to go have a beer with a friend. You said Robert De Palma. I just want a brief correction. Brian De Palma. Palma. I said Robert De Palma. You said Robert De Palma. Jesus fucking Christ. Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't usually listen to the episodes, but if I went back and we uh, heard myself say Robert De Palma and no one had said a word about it, I would It caught funny in my head, and I'm like, that's not Brian De Palma. Jesus Christ. Um, I think Brian De Palma, biggest thing everyone knows him from is Scarf. Oh, anyway, no, to finish that thought first, um, ate too much chicken Parmesan, decided to go home, decided I'd throw on one of the biggest nibbles on my list, Phantom of the Paradise, uh, ate some, uh, fucking banana pudding ice cream. Had a, just a, a blast and a half. Sounds, God damn, the movie's so fucking good. I just, what, just give a um, brief, give a 30 seconds what it is for everybody. Damn, it's it's impossible not to compare it to Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't because think it's a, you can. It's, it's not, a dar- you know. Yeah, it's a dark, weird musical of the same time. Um, It feels like, watching the movie feels like I've discovered something. But not in like an insane like outsider art way. It's just like I don't know why more people don't talk about this movie because it's so fucking good. People don't talk about it. I don't. I mean, I, I've, within... I've been hearing some buzz about it. Like a lot of people came out um, a year I've... before Rocky Horror. Too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot. Of, it's it's a weird movie too. It's not like uh, Brian De Palma's biggest role, like or biggest movie. Like I said, that everyone knows is Scarface. Um. Acclaimed director. I mean. Scarface, all kinds Untouchables, of Untouchables, yeah. Mission Impossible, Carlito's these, Way, These movies to are kill. nothing like Phantom of the Paradise Carrie. whatsoever. This is just a fucking weirdo, like, musical, like, about fate. There's all these allusions to Faust. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the whole movie's like an allegory for, like, they, the main character writes a beautiful cantata about Faust and then it's stolen and he himself becomes the Faust character. And, uh, everybody's got weird names like beef and Phoenix and, oh my God, it's so fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You and you include, I mean, I'll just rewatch it again immediately. You guys, we got it. I've been meaning to watch it for a while now. I love it too. Kool-Aid likes musicals more than we Mm -hmm. do, I think. Probably. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great movie. Uh, the only thing I have to bring to what you've been watching, I've had a busy couple of weeks 
with a bunch of different stuff. Uh, but last night I watched a little movie called Wild Wild West. Yeah. Um, it's not great, but I wish it had gotten sequels. It was. Um... I I wish this was a movie that the studios had just been like no. Like we're gonna we're gonna stubbornly make this a trilogy of some kind. This was oh god, a trilogy would be incredible. Um, I remember really specifically when this movie came out, um, because uh this was when Burger King would re-release the um the western whatever the burger that has an onion ring and barbecue sauce on it. Sure, they would re-release it originally released for small soldiers. Um, but they would bring it back for other movie tie-ins, and now I think it's a permanent part of the menu. Um, but they brought it back for Wild Wild West, and I got one. I got a I got a nice meal of it, and went and watched Wild Wild West in theaters. Had a great fucking time. Um, one of the dumbest movies. It's a, it's um Will Smith and Kevin Klein. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Klein in a dual role as, um. Both President Grant and a Secret Service agent, although they're not Secret Service agents until the very end of the movie. Oh, yeah, because um, they like invent the Secret Service. Yeah, for these yeah. two guys. I didn't know that it's apparently based on an old like TV show. And then the TV show itself had two movies already based on it. So this is was like a reimagining of and sort of like what a do you mean reimagining? Did the original not have a giant robot spider? I don't think so. But it was like a it was like a sci-fi western with. Have we like, talked about the stuff. spider before? You know about the spider, right? About like the the guy, yeah, the, the Kevin, the, the, the fucking very... producer guy who insists every yeah. movie he was trying to get made, he insisted the spider should. Be I don't in think it. I'll I'll just go ahead and save everybody the trouble of us like clumsily recounting this and yep. just post a link to the Kevin Smith telling the story about okay. the spider yeah, the fine. Superman movie that he was producing and yeah. was supposed to have a spider in it. Yeah. And, and then uh, every movie that guy was gonna make in the future, he just kept being like, it's a pretty good script, but uh he's gotta I really be a big think spider. we gotta get a giant spider in here. He finally got his finally wish, man. Got it. <laughs> uh it's a great honestly if you haven't seen that Kevin Smith video, I will put a link to it yeah. in the show notes. It's a what say what you will about Kevin Smith? Like verbally, he's a good storyteller, and he like it's a just I mean, he's, wild. He wrote story. one of the best stories of all time. Fucking all those years of marriage and yeah, chasing still, Amy. No, his his wife, uh, her oh, still clit slash taint slash brown area still pones his dick. <laughs> terrible, put terrible. A, put tweet. a link to that too, okay. or at least a screenshot or something sure. of the poning his dick tweet. Um. You want to get into our movies yeah, this we week? Should. We already mentioned one of them, uh, Joe Dirt, and another movie that centers around a lovable redneck stereotype character hitting it big, getting making some money for him, <laughs> fame for himself. Run, Ronnie, run! You mean to tell the people about Run, Ronnie? Run. Yeah, tell the tell the folks about the Run, Ronald, run. Two thousand two, directed by Troy Miller, but uh, dating back to a um, Mr. Show sketch. Think. He appeared as early as like 95, something like that. Um, stars David Cross, Bob Odenkirk, David Kochner, and Jill Tal- Talley. Uh, Ronnie Dobbs, played by David Cross, is a redneck and petty criminal whose junk- drunken escapades, Jesus, I can't talk, whose drunken escapades are often broadcast on a cops-like TV show called Fuzz. 
He is noticed by British inventor and infomercial salesman Terry Twilstein, played by Bob Odenkirk, who seeks him out and signs him to a show called Ronnie Dobbs Gets Arrested, in which Ronnie gets arrested weekly in a different city. It becomes the most popular show, and Ronnie is an overnight star. He moves to L.A. and adapts to being a personality with a... What? Oh, God. This <laughs> sentence fucking threw... I wrote this sentence like two hours ago, and it threw me for a loop. <laughs> he moves to L.A. and adapts to being a personality with a cameo-filled party, and finally gets back... Gets to... Be- God fucking damn I'm eating shit, man. Holy <laughs> hell. Goddamn marbles in my mouth. He finally gets to bang the chick from the beer ad cardboard cutout. Eventually, stardom takes its toll, and he moves back to Georgia, where he's promptly arrested for good by the sheriff-turned-governor who despises his antics. He is then kidnapped by the cast of a Survivor-like TV show who are actual cannibals, jealous that his show took their number one spot. The governor's son is also kidnapped. He is fat but good at video games and uses moves he learned playing Tekken to beat up Scott Ackerman and the other cannibals and free Ronnie to keep his show but stop getting arrested and get his multiple-time ex-wife Tammy, played by Jill Talley, back. They rebrand the show to Ronnie Dobbs Gets Rescue, where he's rescued from life-threatening situations every week instead. Um... Movie premiered at Sundance in 2002, um, and then uh, I think it was New Line Cinema, um, just never theatrically released it, um, so it got a straight-to-video release in 2003, um, so couldn't couldn't find a budget outside of that and didn't have a box office because it didn't go to the box office, no Metacritic either, um, but Rotten Tomatoes has it at a really generous uh, 72 user and 71 critic score. Right on. You think that's a generous? I think that's like seventy-one critic is. That's. I mean, what critics? <laughs> eh, you can get, you can get behind it. Yeah. I and mean, people love Mister Show. Yeah, this looks. Uh, I mean, I'll. It's a fun enough of, movie. It just doesn't strike me as the type of movie that you can elaborate it on more later. It basically plays like a ninety-minute Mister Show episode, yeah, but not even. We'll, um, get, we'll get into that more, dude. Joe Dirt. Uh, Joe Dirt. Released in 2001, directed by Denny Gordon, starring David Spade, Brittany Daniel, and Dennis Miller, and Christopher Walken, among others. Heavily mulleted Joe Dirt, Spade, works as a janitor at a radio station. He gets into an altercation with two guys in the lobby that is broken up by the producer of the Xander Kelly Show. The producer, seeing potential in Joe Dirt to make good radio, brings him in to meet Xander Kelly, played by Dennis Miller. Xander Kelly is enamored with Dirt, who starts to go through his life story. Separated from his parents, uh, young Joe Dirt, uh, played by Eric Persullivan of Malcolm in the Middle fame, he played Dewey, embarks on a coast-to-coast odyssey. Our white trash Odysseus first bounces from foster home to foster home. Uh, He thinks he finds a meteor and eats off of it before finding out it's a chunk of shit from an airplane. Eventually, he lands in Silvertown, where he meets Brandy, Daniel, and her dog, Charlie. Dirt seems to... Seems at home despite being bullied by Robbie, Kid Rock of Kid Rock fame, and his friends. After Brandy's dad shoots and kills Charlie, Dirt decides to go on the road to find his parents. On his quest, he gets whisked away in a tooth balloon, meets a struggling fireworks salesman, thinks a septic tank is an atom bomb, outs a former mobster who is in the witness protection program, wrestles alligators, and ultimately lands a job at a radio station. Xander Kelly gets in touch with Brandy on air and she tells Joe Dirt his parents are dead. Dejected, Joe seems ready to give up, but a caller to the station claims to be his mother, and Joe excitedly runs off to meet them. But when he gets there, they reveal 
that they purposefully abandoned him that day and are only reuniting now in the hopes to get their clown collectibles business off the ground. Joe tries to kill himself, but Brandy shows up and apologizes for lying to him and only did so to protect him from his awful parents. She tells him she loves him and to come home with her to Silvertown. It had a budget of $17.7 million, had a domestic gross of $27 million, a further worldwide gross of $30 million, went on. It was like another $3 million worldwide. Uh, 10 Rotten Tomatoes critics score, very low, 63 audience, Metacritic 20, user rating 7.4. Right, so 10 Rotten Tomato critic versus 71... And you and you're surprised I'm calling that 71 generous, dude? Um I did like Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like I, Mr. Show too, but it's not like this is a <laughs> run around your own's like a good movie. Not entirely, no. Uh let's talk about Judo first though. Okay. Uh boy, was I surprised how much of this movie has just absolutely stuck with me over the years mm -hmm. like this is definitely like a movie that yeah i remember 10 year old like, max watched and were just like hell yeah when when i was rating it oh cold can um i wrote down specifically that uh the movie's really tough to rate because <laughs> it was so fucking funny to me in like middle school or whenever i was watching this and now it is very dumb, but some of those jokes still still hit, man. Uh, a couple um, like that I've you like to see homos naked. It's great. Um, I've also always uh, I can't look at scrubbing bubbles mm -hmm. without thinking they clean the bowl so you don't have to. Um, I was at uh, we're recording this on July fifth. On July fourth last night, I was at Fourth uh, of July barbecue, mm -hmm. and um. Everybody in the neighborhood was lighting off fireworks, and uh, we I asked, as you want to do, do we have fireworks here? Are we lighting off fireworks? And they're like, no, I just got sparklers. I'm like, damn, you just got sparklers? He's like, yeah. The, the host of the house is like, yeah, I just like snakes and sparklers. So <laughs> not just us. Like, yeah. just everyone from our generation knows oh, this movie. It puts it all the time. The fireworks thing. I've had a, had trouble as I've been Husker like- Husker do's and Husker don'ts. Yeah, it's great. Preparing for this podcast- this episode uh every time i go to type in joe dirt into google just to get to imdb it wants to, google more than anything wants to fill in joe dirt fireworks um that scene alone is probably more <coughs> popular than just the movie itself tight shot of them lighting off a snake yeah <laughs> it's really good there's some stuff in there that Boy, is like i like snakes and sparklers is very very solid yeah. the i mean the fact that they got christopher walken to come in and be the former mob boss mm -hmm. in the witness protection program working yeah. as a janitor in this was a time a school when in louisiana walken was really leaning into yeah i'm the guy who talks weird i'll be yeah. in whatever movies Saves a bunch of kids from this the, from killer mustard gas. Mustard gas. <laughs> if my calculate yeah. the kid, yeah. my calculations are correct. This should make ice. <laughs> Pours the liquid in there and just says, "Oh no, killer, killer mustard, mustard gas." Yeah, yeah. it passes out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when Christopher even, Walken. I mean, everybody's seen this movie, yeah, right? When They're, Christopher Walken gets the boner, mm -hmm. like under the 
Dude, like he's supposed to be dead but getting a boner. It's he's pretending funny. to be dead to uh, <laughs> get relocated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everybody knows this fucking movie. Another sketch. It's the movie Kid Rock's in. I get, everyone knows this shit. Another thing I like a lot is um, I don't know. Do we really need? Do we want to do plot a normal like plot thing? Or are we just gonna say jokes we like? We should go a little kind of like plot. through it so it's it's told as the frame story of he's recounting his tale on uh whatever it's called xander Den- kelly show yeah. it's like a howard it's dennis Stern. miller babe yeah I, dennis miller doesn't say babe in this at all no i didn't clock him once saying babe <laughs> i guess because he's an actor who's acting as a character yeah, and not just not dennis just miller. being himself both of these movies are riddled with cameos um insane amount more run ronnie run especially as people just appearing as themselves happens a ton but still an insane amount of cameos in joe dirt um yeah Mm -hmm. so many famous people um or i mean a lot of these guys i guess are more b-listers yeah so he's just working at um oh yeah i got myself off track immediately working at the radio station he gets into like a little fight with the guys in the lobby are making fun of him and then you get the very another famous thing that he does throughout the whole movie is patting his arms uh asking people calling them different things (laughs) he's like pretending they're microphones put put one puts one duke up says talking in the microphone and puts the other duke up i got backup mic right here it's (laughs) blowing it's yeah as funny as hell dude it's very it's a very good like that's the thing is like it's just like there's so many like actual like solidly memorable jokes this was this around the same time as the water boy it would have had to have been at least like kind of just like low class guy, low class movie came out three years later, yeah. two years later. I remember liking these movies a lot around the same time. Just like a dumb movie, like comedies when you're a kid don't have to be good. There's no. have, have jokes you like in them. Yeah. These movies have jokes I like in them. And it's Bo- both of these movies do. I probably like Joe Dirt and Run Around and Run about equally as movies. I think so, but, too. Um, I never saw Run Ronnie Run until this week for the podcast. So me neither. Um, but I loved Joe Dirt as a kid. So if I had seen Run Ronnie Run around the time it came out in two thousand two, I would a hundred percent have the same Absolutely. level of nostalgia for it. Absolutely. Like it would have hit just as hard yeah. back then as Joe Dirt did. Um, Joe Dirt, another movie like those kind of style back in the day. They kind of like uh came over from like the uh. 80s and stuff like like the naked gun kind of thing where it's just like jokes they're trying to squeeze as many jokes Mm -hmm. visual or otherwise in as possible they got a a writer's room those guys are writing up jokes they're just finding ways to pack as many jokes as they can yeah and it's going great so he he gets into the thing producer comes in it's basically just like because xander the xander kelly show dennis miller's uh radio show is Supposed to be like a Howard Stern sort of shock jock radio yeah. talk show thing. They bring him in. They're kind of making fun of him. Uh, he starts telling the story. We get a couple little uh, scenes of uh, Eric Persullivan playing young mm-hmm. Joe Dirt. He's got the same exact mullet wig, right. wearing because a crop top fused, t-shirt. It's and- to his skull. Yeah, so the whole yeah. thing is, if you haven't seen the movie, if which is wild, uh, the reason he has the mullet is because he was born with the to- without the top half of his head, and they put a wig on him, and then the bone grew in, and it fused into his skull, so he can't 
change it. People ask him, why doesn't he just get a haircut now? And it's just like Dennis Miller asked him that. Yeah. And they're Clearly like, never oh my God, it. you can tell he's never considered it until right now. <laughs> it's the only haircut you'll ever get, but you can you can trim that bad boy. So you get some clips of him like going at like young Joe Dirt going to different foster homes. One guy like is he's like, Oh, he used to take me hunting and, and he's get a scene. He's like, see, now he goes and gets the birds isn't that great and you think he's talking to yo young joe dirt about the dog and he right. bends down and he's talking to the dog and right you know young joe dirt comes up with a bird in his mouth. bird in his mouth from the water he's got like some like the i forget exactly what the joke is with the older woman that he's with he's like very overbearing you remember you got a note you've triggered a segment Ooh, is it hottie of the week <laughs> a guy of the week oh um there are incredible guys in this movie I'm not going to really count all of the people playing themselves in cameos in Run, Run, Run. Yeah, that doesn't count. Um, there's incredible guys in this movie. You've got fucking uh, Kevin Nealon is a mechanic. Uh, Kevin Farley plays the cop when uh, uh, Clem gets murdered later. Rosanna Arquette's the gator farmer. Um, Richard Real, he's he's the car dealer. He's the uh, fucking grandpa from Grounded for Life. Mm -hmm. um, so many guys I like in this movie, but I gotta give it to my girl Kathleen Freeman. Uh, she is Joe's foster mother in the scene you're talking about. Um, who lets her dog bust on Joe Dirt? Yeah, okay, that's part <laughs> the of the dog joke, is like yeah. humping her, and she's like, "I'll oh, just let him finish or whatever." Uh, she of course plays Microwave Marge in Gremlins Two: The New Batch, the uh, microwave cooking uh, TV show lady. Um, really, a lot of work went into just being in my favorite movie. So, uh, Large Marge, um, whatever Microwave Marge, aka Kathleen Freeman, aka Joe's foster mother. Congratulations, you are my guy of the week. Hell yeah. Your uh, certificate is in the mail. <laughs> Might be uh, delayed. We got a hurricane coming. That's true. Um, So then the first kind of like major event, because now we've gotten through like the, the early stages of Joe's life having mm -hmm. left. And it, they, they kind of do the um sort of like the Dewey Cox thing. Like I think when Joe finds the meteor... He's yeah, supposed, supposed to be like to 15 be or 16, yeah. like something <laughs> like that. Spade. It's just David Spade. Um, I if I wish they had just put in a joke, which became a joke from they do it in Black Dynamite. They do it in um, Dewey Cox, Walk Hard of them, like the actor saying, I'm 15 year old Dewey Cox yeah. or you know yeah, something like it. that. Um, Chris and Wig saying, I'm Dewey's 13 year old girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Or in Black Dynamite, I'm 15-year-old Black Dynamite, <laughs> and you're my kid brother. <laughs> Two 30-year-old actors. Um, Incredible, dude. How do you so, feel like kid? So Joe Dirt's camping out in the wilderness, thinks a meteorite has crashed in front of him, <laughs> is taking it around. I don't know what it... it I guess he's going to he's gonna try and sell it, but he's taking it around like it's his only friend, <laughs> decides that he needs to eat a hamburger and french fries off of the top of the meteorite. Yeah. Which one? If you've just found a space rock, why are you just eating off of it even yeah. if it is a space rock? Yeah, that restaurant where you got that burger or whatever like would have had a table. Yeah. Or some plates or something. Yeah, he decided to eat off of it. So so he takes it to 
I guess, some sort of like jewelry store or something. Some guy checks it out and tells him. It's like a pawn shop, I think. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Tells him that it's a a waste dump from like a 747. It's all blue and stuff. Joe doesn't believe it. He's just like, no, you see, you can tell. You see there? Peanuts are dead. It's a peanut. (laughs) It's a dead giveaway. Calls it a big old chunk of frozen poopy. Mm hmm. Which I just... That, it's funny when he says poopy. Yeah, that yeah. line is also yeah. <laughs> it's stuck with me, too. Uh, and then it's just kind of like... It's just one of those like mishap after mishap. Yeah. Well, so there's the whole thing about where he does settle down in Silvertown mm-hmm. with Brandy. The girl he he's in love with. She's they way meet, too hot. Kid Rock's there. They meet because Brandy's dog's balls have frozen to her porch mm-hmm. and you get a fun scene Very where he scene, yeah. he's like go go get something she comes back with like garden like shears hot, hot water oh yeah he's like no he's like what what no <laughs> you do get uh that it, scene... it's like testicles made out of fucking bubble gum yeah the dog is stretching like a full foot up and then crying that scene is probably like the best um example of it but uh David Spade does some really good like reaction work mm-hmm. of like comedy that something that like Keenan Thompson has made an entire career out of post Mighty Ducks. But mm-hmm. like when she comes back, he's like, "Oh, ow, what? No!" <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of reacting to some stuff that's really good. Are you a big David Spade fan? Not. I don't really. I mean, like he's David fine. Spade. Like, I, I mean, was thinking the entire time I was watching this that all right, Joe Durley. I mean, David Spade worked far and away the best. As, he's a straight man as chris farley straight man yeah well it, and he's better as a straight man and the Absolutely. entire time i was watching this i just was thinking to myself that this is probably the movie that signaled the downfall of david spade's career so oh, to sure. speak he still had a very very good career but as soon as he stopped being a straight man yeah and had to be like the wacky oh, guy to like carry people, stuff yeah it definitely went downhill. He should have just, I mean, Chris Farley had already passed away at this point, right? I, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Like he should have found somebody, another wacky guy to kind of. They, God, but they could have just kept making the Black Sheep Tommy Boy, just the exact same movie, both over incredible. and over and over again. Just keep yeah. making that; it's fine. You've got some other reason to do a cross country journey together. It's I don't know. Fine. Did you mention that uh, Chris Farley's brother is in? Yeah, the yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 he yeah, plays yeah. the cop. Um, yeah. Um, which that's good. That made that's always makes me happy. Oh, to see. guy I didn't even mention. Did I say Bobby Bacalau? I did. You've nope. I didn't say I Bobby Bacalau. Right? I yeah. Didn't um, hear that Steve name. Steve Sharipa, um, who plays Bobby Bacalau on The Sopranos. Um, he is the uh the biggest uh like the head mobster who comes to oh, kill uh to okay. kill Clem. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, he's got a great Instagram. He posts pictures with his wiener dog all the time. He uh. Yeah. He gets out of the car and says, "You shoot him high, I'll shoot him low." <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, uh, yeah, Brandy and Joe are kind of like hitting it off. They're definitely not a couple, although like they probably both have like feelings for each other or whatever. Yeah. It's not really the important part of the movie. But then, uh, yeah, Kid Rock's rolling around just listening to "Ain't Seen Nothing Yet." apparently on repeat i do love that every single time he shows up and like shows up in his car and like you know 
spins in or whatever it's playing ain't seen nothing yet and it's at the exact same like part in the song every single time uh is a pretty solid little just kind of as background if as he's joke. pulling up he sets it to the part that he wants i just assume that's the only song he listens to um you gotta just i mean this movie just kind of hits all of the dad rock bangers mm-hmm. um it's like the whole soundtrack yeah. i did think to myself i didn't like make Southern a note rock specifically yeah. Molly hatchet and shit i made an i didn't make a note but i thought about it that i was surprised to realize that this movie actually had a score like certain scenes were scored and it wasn't just dad rock the that. entire time yeah it's funny like when he falls out of the uh because once he leaves silvertown he's like trying to he's trying to make some money and he gets a job like handing out flyers for a, a dentist's office or something and a storm's coming on, and the dentist office has a hot air balloon shaped like a big tooth. And then a storm's coming, so he's got, his boss tells him to get some, put some bricks in it. And he gets up there and gets flies with, gets that, blown yeah. away. There's a, there's a very funny scene where he flies pla- past a plane, and uh, uh, he's like trying to motion to them for help, and the pilot of the plane moons him. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and he just goes. Another good recreation is just like, oh, come on. That's not very professional. This this movie's like, um, oh, this, but I was, this just occurred to me. Oh, yeah, finish. It. I was going to say is when he falls out of the hot air balloon, like it's very, it's a scored, a yeah. fully scored scene I, with like, I, I didn't clock that, but that's wacky sounds so and shit. Like, yeah. um, this movie is, uh, like a goofier updated version of like the jerk. Kind of, yeah. One, I mean, one of my favorite movies. A guy very in vain, home, the same thing. Yeah. Um, just finds different characters. He's constantly on the move because of weird circumstances. Kind of like a whether road movie, too. Yeah, whether it's M.M. at Walsh shooting yeah. a gun at him or a fucking tooth-shaped uh, uh, hot air balloon. Yeah, this is constantly in movement. Um, uh, from there, he finds... He meets Kick and Wing, uh, played by Adam Beach who's uh working at a fireworks stand but he only sells snakes and sparklers because those those are the only ones he likes uh, just as mentioned earlier there's just funny. a dope tight close-up scene of them and uh joe dirt just being like oh wow yeah. <laughs> like, setting off a snake though yeah not even a firework really just like a chemical reaction that sucks uh, you, you want something that looks like a <laughs> black piece of shit? Just buy some snakes, man. So it turns out, <clears throat> Kick and Wing has uh two Roman candles. Starts shooting it at a thing of gasoline and lighter fluid. But Joe Dirt trips over what he thinks is an atom bomb buried in the sand because he had knocks himself out and has a vision that tells him it's an atom bomb. So he, he yeah, sees uh. Kick and wing reduced to ash from yeah. the atom bomb explosion. Uh, Insane. I, they yeah, it's a it's a bomb shaped container that has a biohazard sticker on it. I think Kick and Wing says something of like the imagery is foreboding or like, something like oh, that. You, you like did the voice, huh? I did do the voice. <laughs> it's Adam Beach doing a pretty. Uh, st- like offensively stereotypical uh native american uh guy but uh so they they it, 
Joe Dirt needs to figure out who his parents are. So his plan is he's going to strap the atom bomb to himself and go to a Grand Canyon tour company, because that's where they were when he got abandoned, and use the bomb to force them to give the manifest. Is that what he wants? Yes. He wants all the names of people who toured. The Grand Canyon on a certain mind, day. Even watching it just now, I thought he was like robbing a bank because that's like what it would make sense nope. to do. It absolutely would, but that uh, is not what he does. Wow, insane. Until the local police show up and uh, tell him that it's not an atom bomb, it's the septic tank to a motorhome and yeah. knocks the cap off of it. And poop and just falls on Yep. <laughs> Second uh, giant poop joke, just uh, yep. Joe Dirt being gross with poop uh, that happens. Two big parts of the movie. <laughs> Just fucking poop. The jokes. movie the movie's not good, but I do like it a yeah, lot. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why it's so difficult to rate. Is like I love this shit, especially from my childhood. The I like the movie sucks, but I, I it's don't, a bad movie. So I don't remember if it's before this. You can or, like a movie that's bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You like whatever you like, and unless it's uh actively uh harmful to other people people then you can like whatever you want yeah. um another thing i love and i don't know if this happens after he meets kick and wing or uh before but he he says that he tried to take a nap in what he thought was an abandoned circus but it's a house getting fumigated because oh, yeah. he get and then he has the idea to or he was given the idea earlier in the movie to go to a police sketch artist to give them the descriptions of his parents, but he does it after he's all hopped up on insecticide and the sketches come out. His dad looks like father time and his mom looks like Richard Ramirez, the night stalker. <laughs> that is maybe one of the best gags in the movie. He's but he's still goes through the motions of hanging them up. <laughs> okay. That's just it. Even, even, even in red, just thinking about it happening in the movie, that's still a really good joke. It's like, I don't know. And then, I don't know if I did it right because my dad came out looking like Father Time and my mom looked like Richard Ramirez, you the, Night the Night Stalker. Stalker. <laughs> it's like him with the fucking pentagram in his palm. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, it's fully Richard Ramirez. It's not just someone who looks like Richard Ramirez. <laughs> but then the fact that he's still got all of those flyers printed out and is hanging them up on every electrical pole on a fucking desert the, highway. The fact that someone in in that writer's room was like, they were workshopping who would be the funniest two people <laughs> to put in. They came up with Father Time and Richard Ramirez. I don't know. They, yeah. Whoever came up, whoever, whoever's joke that was yeah. deserves a raise because it's it's one of the strongest like just <laughs> jokes in the movie for sure uh um, what else happens he yeah he goes to work at the high school with Clem they become good friends um Christopher Walken Christopher Walken he saves Christopher Walken saves a bunch of kids from a mustard gas <laughs> deadly mustard gas explosion doesn't want to be found out so he tells Joe gives, tells everybody gives that it's Joe, Joe. Dirt the credit for it so they put him on the news and that's when he like Oh no, that's not when he broadcasts about looking for his family. Yeah, that's no, that's later when the show becomes popular, right? No, no, no. He he says on the news that it. But that's it, not when he finds them. That's not when he finds them. But okay. he he does say on that news cut because they're like it's like a press conference or yeah. something that he's looking for his parents, and then he tells everybody that Clem's the one that actually saved the kids, which yeah. outs which him for the witness protection Steve program. Shows up. Yeah, Bobby Bagala. He gets shot. 
you think he's dead. Joe Dirt starts being like, he gives oh, well, him a boner. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, you get to be with your wife, and is like describing his wife the same way that Clem did to him mm-hmm. earlier in the movie. And Christopher Walken starts getting a boner and mm-hmm. moaning. <laughs> um, he's pretending to be dead so he can get relocated. What else? Uh, are there are there any more story beats before yeah. he gets to Joe starts traveling with a carnival. He meets um oh, who is the actress? Jamie who's Presley. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He who's thinks just, it's his sister. He thinks it's her sister. They like have sex. Then he they like cra- jokes crazy sex. He jokes with it. He like tries to tell everybody that like he couldn't get hard. So Jamie Presley's like, Oh, do you think it would help if you did think I was my sister, right. and then you get the shot from outside of the thing. Him just going, "You're my sister. You're my sister." Um, Jamie Presley. She kind of disappeared. I don't know what happened to her. She's still around. She was on. My uh, name is Earl. My name is but Earl. Now she's disappeared. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying yeah. like after this, she f- disappeared. No, 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 no. She but, did a um, show called Jennifer Falls. Um, another show called I Hate My Teenage Daughter. Yeah, it sounds like she made some shitty TV. But yeah, she made some shitty TV. But do you think she went away because she just got replaced by Margot Robbie? Um, Like the hot possibly. blonde lady who can play white trash really well? I mean, Margot Robbie definitely kind of just like slipped into that. Um... Oh, Jamie Presley's also been on Mom for a long time. So she's just been doing TV. But yeah, no, Margot Robbie definitely kind of stepped in and filled that void. Wait, Jamie Presley's on the TV show Mom? Yeah. Starring Allison Janney? Mm-hmm. Who's in I, Tanya with Margot Robbie? Yeah. What the hell? And Anna Ferris is there as well. And they're both close to Kevin Bacon because Jamie Presley's in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the other guy from Tremors is in this movie. Yeah. Damn, I just did the Kevin Bacon thing on accident. Margot Robbie to Kevin Listen, Bacon? Listen, kids, if you watch a bunch of uh, movies too much, you'll every once in a while I'll be able to randomly do the Kevin Bacon thing. So the Kevin Bacon thing right is decisions. fun to do. Yeah, Dylan and I... It's pretty easy when you're watching a movie where one of the actors was in Tremors. For, jo- Joe's dad we see later is the former, former guest Dylan and I, uh, when we were still in high school, we did a dual enrollment class. So it was a the class itself yeah. was like at night class like yeah, yeah. school, and um, it was it was definitely like a thr- it was a logic and reasoning. So it's just le- learning and or or if then statements for an entire semester. Yeah. So what we would do every once in a while, like we at least every other week, is we would place uh, is it six degrees or seven degrees? I think seven. Seven degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon. Where we would just literally write an actor or actress and then pass the piece of paper and the other person had to, without looking anything up, get to Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a pretty fun way to kill time in a class that we were not paying attention to. It was oh, the you guys were doing this life. yourself? Yeah. To without... not pay attention to the class? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm like, it, how is this for class? What it was not hell? for class. This okay. was us to not have to listen to one guy there was a kid in that class that tried to bring up quantum physics every it was like i am very smart level of just like yeah but in quantum physics like you can do like thing and the logic and reason that's like what every right-wing crank likes to pretend is what's important 
Right. Just like, <laughs> like people who like to debate or say debate me. Yeah. The worst people because debates are nothing. Well, yeah, no, the, the debate thing is like, but it was literally just learning like what if then statements are and or statements and then different logical fallacies and stuff like that. Um, It was such a fucking throwaway class. It was the easiest day I've had my entire life. It was nothing. So played seven degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon the entire time. So eventually Joe Dirt. Uh, they yeah, track talking about a movie. They he Joe decides that he's going to go back to Silvertown. Uh, Robbie Kid Rock tells him that Brandy and he are, him are getting married and that Brandy left him a note. Not true. It's not true. And you get a you do get a good scene at a Kid Rock where he's reading the note that Brandy left him and he's like reading it like he reads at a kindergarten level and it's just like dear Robbie don't tell and it goes goes through the entire note in a, a another very funny scene um you mentioned off pod in a joke yeah that that's just kid rock's reading level yeah just it wasn't I, active. I i clarified it is not because he's white trash for clout he's a rich kid from the suburbs he is can't even claim detroit really but what i would argue is that just because you're a rich kid from the suburbs doesn't mean you read well yeah and Kid Rock looks like a man who doesn't read well. No, I guarantee, dude. He's he's just read Infinite Jest cover to cover. <laughs> I think his favorite ain't, author ain't got is the whole thing. His dude. favorite author is Ayn Rand. Ugh. <laughs> We've brought up Ayn Rand on this podcast probably too many times for yeah. two people that yeah, I just despise Ayn Rand. Just went, Ugh. Um so <clears throat> then uh Brandy, Xander Kelly calls Brandy because Joe leaves dejected, thinking Brandy has done him dirt. She tells Joe that his parents are dead. His mom calls and says, me and her dad, his daddy, her, his daddy aren't dead because I'm looking at his daddy right now. She goes over there. It's, uh, what's his name from, uh, a guy from Tremors, from Tremors, Fred Ward, and Tremors too. Fred Ward is his mom. Carol Ann, Carolyn Aaron is his mom. Uh, and yeah, they just wanted to re in, get in, re in touch with them because they're trying to sell clown figurines or some shit. Mm-hmm. Kind doing of bizarre. Doing it all for money. He leaves. Yeah, he leaves. Goes back to Silvertown. Gonna, well, he's going to jump off of a bridge. Oh, yeah, that happens first. Brandy shows up to tell him that he just, she oh, just some, lied to him. At some point, this radio story became the most popular thing in the country and everyone knows about it. Yes. That's pretty, another pretty big important part of it. feature. Uh, Joe's gonna jump. A cop uh, lassos him with a bungee cord. Mm-hmm. Insane. He falls off, hits his head, mm-hmm. wakes up. He's back in Silvertown, head all wrapped up. Everyone from his entire story's there. Clem's got reassigned there. Yeah, he's got some Rosanna Arquette's there. Rosanna Arquette's there, married to Clem. Clem's going by a different name now. Uh, <coughs> and uh, kicking wings there. He owns 30 different firework stands yeah, that he uses hugely successful uses to fund his animal shelters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joe Dirt has a different haircut. They had while he was getting his head worked on, they gave him some sort of braids in a top knot. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote down um, that uh, I just wrote down 
This this is a direct quote from my notes. At the end, when Joe gets do- Jonathan Davis braids, he looks like that crazy ass white boy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> made the, sense to me when I was writing it down. The only other thing I think we didn't mention during this is there's a, yeah, he gets kidnapped by Buffalo Bob. Like we mentioned it earlier, they're doing a Buffalo Bill thing. You know that song where it's like she's got Betty Davis eyes. Yeah, what about the same song, but it's. He's got Jonathan Davis hair. <laughs> so, so pretty good. <laughs> we can work on that. It's, it's we good. can work on that off. <laughs> it's good for me. I don't know if it works for anybody else. Um, yeah, he gets, he gets kidnapped, kidnapped by Buffalo Bob. By briefly. Buffalo Bob, put get like Just put straight in the up thing. Buffalo Bill, played by Brian Thompson, who I think is uh, alumni of the pod. Played Shao Kahn, and hmm. uh, well, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but. Yeah. We've talked about it. He's on known before. for being big. Yeah, he's just a he's just a large man who does large man roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a whole running joke throughout the whole thing where Joe keeps having to tell he's not everybody my... nothing happened, and everyone is just being like, "It's not what I heard." He's not my favorite big guy. I like the guy from um, Happy Gilmore, who at the end he's chasing Shooter McGavin, and he goes, "I believe that's Mister Gilmore's." Oh, Remember Jaws. That? Oh, yeah, it's Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy rules. From uh, uh, Moonraker. Moonraker, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. We're not going to talk about it next week, but we'll be talking Bond. Yeah, we're talking Bond next week. We'll we'll tell you what coming up later in the pod. Um, yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers all of everything yeah, yeah, in yeah, Joe yeah. Dirt. Um, yeah. He's reunited with uh heavily helped out by nostalgia there's some like there's some jokes in here that also don't hold up to the scrutiny of uh 2021 socially or um but it's fun movie it's not the most offensive movie we've reviewed on the guarantee you've already seen it yeah it's not um uh bad intentioned either it's like no it's just i mean it was just pretty uh mundane jokes of the time honestly like nothing too crazy i mean it's written rated pg-13 they don't go buck wild or anything let's talk about run ronnie run now uh a movie that i said earlier kind of just plays like a 90 minute or 84 minute yeah so yeah it's 84 minutes and there's like a full couple of minutes at the beginning where they do that like intermission like let's go to the lobby cartoon but it's candy taking a shit yeah and how toilets love to eat your shit yeah and then the shit toilet comes and sits between next to them like they're a dog yeah uh really weird kind of funny and then they have like an old like an old man's talking about yeah something i don't even remember yeah the first like substantial note, because we've got Ronnie who lives in this like podunk little town, mm-hmm. just kind of doing whatever. Same, same basic premise, just on a smaller scale, I guess. Yeah. He's got his like uh friends that he hangs out with and drinks uh beers. They all stand around a convenience store drinking beers, wondering if a dog that they call fucked up dog is gonna eat some vomit or not. Yeah. It's funny that they call him fucked up dog. Yeah. 
<laughs> you got uh, David Keckner is one of the yeah. like his friends who just consistently He's the whole thing too. Yeah, yeah, and he just consistently gets more and more injured throughout. Mm-hmm. The, at yeah. first, he just has like a like a cast on his wrist or something, and by the end of it, he's in an iron lung. It's it's because they're going out and doing hijinks, like while drunk, and uh, every time Ronnie sees him in a worse state, he says, uh, "Sorry about what happened, man." He's like it's okay, Ronnie. I was drunk too. Yeah. Every time he says, "I was drunk too," which is it's good friendship. Right and then there. he starts he starts adding in and like it's okay. I can't even. I ain't got no feeling below the waist. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, escalates from just like having a limp all the way up to is in an iron lung. Yeah, <laughs> very funny actually. <laughs> good, good David Keckner also kind of like uh his character Clay is sort of um like a prototype for the Bubbles character from Trailer Park Boys doing the like big underbite talking with a just kind of rednecky uh kind of mumbling yeah sort of thing. <clears throat> Uh, the first like note because when he goes like substantial note I have is when he goes um to see Tammy for the first time to try and get her back and all his kids run out he's got three kids uh all they're named all Ronnie. named Ronnie yeah. and so he's like what's up little Ronnie little little Ronnie and then at the uh towards the end when he like Tammy comes to visit him in prison the kids come in with her and like within a matter of seconds have turned the jail cell into just uh. They've just totally trashed it, and one of them like with stuff that wouldn't even be in a jail cell. Yeah, too. yeah. It's There's like funny. they've got like a uh, like an oil barrel with a fire mm-hmm. on in it and yeah. stuff, and one of them is spray painted on the wall. Middle Ronnie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. There's there's great gags in here. So yeah. uh, real quick, because it barely you barely even need much of a synopsis because there's not much plot to this movie at all. He's just like a lovable redneck getting into trouble and he constantly gets arrested on basically cops it's called fuzz but it's yeah. literally cops um then they make a show out of that he becomes super famous and funny stuff happens yeah and then if you then there's like extended sort of like mr show style you know how mr show kind of has like this plot that goes through yeah, yeah like any sketch show yeah. usually there's a recurring uh overarching plot and then sketches will come and go out of that so you get some like several fairly um lengthy ones that i think if you just pulled out all of just the ronnie dobbs stuff that it would be like 45 minutes because of all the extra stuff they show so fucking they do they do this thing where it's like uh oh by by the way if i forget this movie is just straight up on youtube oh yeah check it out if you're like us and that's where i watched it was cool to you as a kid whatever um i like the mission i mean i like mr show i like yeah fucking david cross and bob Odenkirk, and there are insane cameos in and this movie is like pretty solid yeah it's not a bad movie yeah. one of uh my favorite sort of cutaway things like other other sketches that they'd like put into the like movie is when they're having a party at his house a guy comes up to him and is just like Talking to him about his music. Oh, the gay agenda thing? Yeah, and yeah. he's like, oh, can I raid your CD cabinet? And Ronnie's like, nah, man. Uh, yeah, he just misunderstands. He thinks he's talking about fucking his butt. He's like, no, my CD cabinet's exit only. I know about your gay agenda conspiracy yeah. or some shit. So he pull, the guy pulls out a uh, cigarette <clears throat> box that he has, and it's just like, 
he's on to us and it like good gets run at the thing talking until, to like in a bunker gay patrick agenda w- hq patrick yeah. wareburn <laughs> is like the guy. oh my god we've been made go back in the closet yeah we gotta <laughs> we gotta like bail on it and they know about us yeah. distasteful but funny yeah 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 it's yeah it's it's offensive but yeah uh it, there's some other ones where they uh the the guy from the beginning of the movie is like um yeah he'll just cut back in every once in a while he's like oh we can't we can't show you that or like sorry we showed you that so let's show you a clip from a kids movie from the 70s and it's jack black doing like a fiddler yeah, on the roof song mary poppins i think the cut, oh, yeah the cut chimney sweep scene and what is he singing about um it's been like two weeks since i watched this movie at this point it's a it's a song about basically like if you're if the oh, woman you're kick seeing her in the cunt you're it's about yeah. just kicking a woman in the pussy when she's upset you in some way yeah and uh the guy's like yeah i can't believe uh they're even bringing this up because i was actually just cut for time yeah <laughs> sorry we showed you that scene on account that it was cut for time not yeah. content it very clearly from the minds of sketch comedy guys mm-hmm. i mean yeah yeah for sure there's a the, the whole reason that um uh bob odenkirk's character is like he wants he needs something to sell because he's like a failed inventor like mm-hmm. infomercial guy uh and that's his whole thing is like oh i'm gonna make we're gonna make a show out of uh this ronnie dobbs guy getting arrested it's like what if it was cops but we just followed one guy mm-hmm. around the entire time and then uh the pitch meeting that he does where it's yeah. um dave foley Sarah, Sarah Silverman, Silverman and um, and, um Andy Richter person. are these network executives, and he comes in and he pitches it, and they're like, "Oh, I love hate it." Yeah, they're, I love hate it. Giving like Silverman, positives, but saying, I'm yeah. for against it. Yeah, and then you've got a uh, Ronnie sitting on the desk, and he's just like, "Well, for for one, I love it," oh. and they're like, "Okay, well, sounds like you got a show." <laughs> They do the they do the, the bit the where, kind of uh, shit you know these guys have been trying to get made like they're mm-hmm. poking fun accurately at I'm sure how this shit works man because right before that the the TV executives are watching a clip from uh the show the Survivor spoof show called Elimination Island mm-hmm. where a guy gets voted off the island and then, then Jeff Probst's character puts out his torch and then stabs him and the rest yeah. of the crew eats yeah. the rest of the cast eats the guy I forget who else is in there it's um. Is that uh, Arlie Ermey? Mm-hmm. He's the main guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fucking chummy or warface guy. And um, Scott Ackerman. Yeah. <laughs> the only two people I recognize. But, yeah, it's a uh, bunch of other just like rando folks. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, and same thing, it just kind of like paces along. Uh, another bit from that, just that TV executive, uh, network executive scene is probably like one of my favorite ones in the movie because he's explaining it and uh dave foley's like uh we already have that it's a little show called fuzz and he um points to uh like the fuzz poster on the wall and then um andy richter says something along the lines of like take it or leave it or go big or go home and just like paint points to like a mom like needlework thing that says the same phrase Mm -hmm. on the wall behind him i thought that was very funny it's funny all my notes are just uh, me um, saying that which jokes I liked. Yeah. 
That, I mean, that's what it, this joke is almost nothing, or this movie is almost nothing besides the just a string of jokes. It. Yeah. Uh, one and, of the things and seeing guys you like, like Scotty and mm-hmm. fucking <laughs> such good guys. Well, yeah. One of the one of the sequences or the videos of uh, Ronnie getting arrested is he uh, gets picked up in a undercover <laughs> prostitution sting. Where the he tries a, to turn her in. There's a fe- there's a female cop who is posing as a uh, uh, prostitute, and she's like, "Okay, you're under arrest. I'm a cop." And he's like, "You're a cop." Like when all the other cops show, you're just like, "You've got prostitutes in the police force. I want to report a crime." But <laughs> you know, some fucking drunk idiots is like probably a bunch of times over tried to do that. Yeah, I'm so sure. funny, dude. Uh, one of uh, Bob Odenkirk's failed uh, inventions is a nickel holder. He tries to sell it. It's like, the problem with nickels is they keep getting lost. <laughs> it's just like, it's a necklace that holds one nickel. <laughs> there's, um, yeah, there's good stuff. It breaks into uh, the only time I think that uh, both David Cross and Bob Odenkirk play alternate characters when it busts into the R&B song. Oh my they, god! They sing, um, that song is good. What is it? Th- three times one minus one is the name of the band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the song is so good, dude. Yeah, it's like very nineties R and B shit, or like the turn of the millennia. Um, man, yeah, it rules. I, I mean, I love these guys. I love David Cross and Bob Anker. Yeah, it's, it's fucking it's, funny as shit, dude. There's just cracking jokes the whole time. There's not much to say, like plot wise, because like we said, it's it's very. I mean, the plot of the movie is very much just what Dan said in his synopsis. And then there's cutaways and other jokes. Tom Kinney plays two roles, dude. Two roles. SpongeBob. He's uh, one of his roles. uh, Alum. One of his roles is uh, a news reporter that keeps reporting on tragedies, but using uh, adjectives and adverbs. Like he's really excited about the whole thing and just keeps being like, oh, my tongue. I just keep getting so tied up. Uh, his other like role, cult, cultish leader, like spiritual healer. Guy yeah, where we get a bunch more celebrities. We get Marilyn Reichgob, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. They're all going through. Uh, Marilyn Reichgob's being like, oh, I, you know, I see fairies and uh, spirits, yada yada yada. The next guy's like, he's got a dream, and he's like, I want to make hemp clothes <laughs> and hemp food for the homeless population, and maybe even hemp houses and getting more and more emotional and tom kenny's finally like you can you're with friends you can say what you want and maybe smoke a little bit of the hemp <laughs> and then jeff goldblum's just like er, um i uh i paid money and I, yeah uh, i what am i paying this money for he's just <laughs> like uh well for starters i um Oh. Want my money back? <laughs> yeah, I like my money. Oh. And goes into this whole thing about how please, he the spirits sound off and the angels about who did a better Jeff Goldblum. I wasn't even trying. So you want to try? Uh you'll no. lose by default. I I don't because I I the, don't do the impressions. Thing, the thing about uh, Run Ronnie Run is that uh, I uh, er, uh I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, his his. I did thing, an era. Uh, I I accidentally uh, did. I accidentally did Nixon, dude. Uh, or it, fucking uh, JFK, Jesus. Goldblum like Unc- starts going Unc- on uh, about fairies and spirits and how he wants his backyard filled with hobbits and elves and. Uh, Who says er I uh? I don't know. I as a that joke is nothing. As a joke, I say 
Nixon lines in a JFK voice a lot. I do this a lot, mostly by myself. I'll just be like, er, I, uh, I am not a crook. But now I don't know who says er, I, uh. Oh, man. We're no in the clue. Sorry, we should get back to the movie. <laughs> Edit point. Nah, I'm cutting all of that out. Because <laughs> um, you don't want people to hear that I have a better gold. <laughs> yep. That's exactly it. Uh, and then, yeah, they end up back in town. They've lied or they've broken their promise to the old former sheriff who became, um, uh, governor. the governor. Yeah. So he puts he, Ronnie he in prison. He insists that he'll, uh, arrest Ronnie forever if he ever comes back to Georgia. Puts Robin, Robbie, or Ronnie in Ronnie. prison and they're going to execute him. But yeah, the, his the <laughs> governor's son who plays Street Fighter so or Tekken weird, or something dude. outside so the weird. gas station. Yeah, uh, he's playing like Space Invaders then. But when they cut back to, he's also been kidnapped. Yeah, by and the Elimination Island he, guys. Yeah, he's we don't even know it's those guys yet, but he's just playing Tekken. Yeah, and then when he realizes they're gonna kill Ronnie and eat him, which is what they want to do, uh, the kid. Just busts out. He's incredible martial artist. They do a full action sequence in which a little fat kid beats up Scott Hockerman and Arlie Ermey and all the other guys. And there's a song playing in the background that's very sort of like a Matt Parker, Trey Stone sort of song accompanying it about uh, that just is just like ass kicking fat kid. Yeah. Trey Parker and Matt Stone who appear in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As themselves. Uh, which is a ve- another very funny like song. Uh, and then yeah, he beats up all of those guys mm-hmm. and uh has Ronnie say- saved says that he has a demand and that's to free Ronnie Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and beats up his own dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is played by uh MC Gainey, who is another um character actor kind of yeah, guy yeah, he's been you in know a that guy from a lot of stuff he'll he'll play like a like he was playing in this like a southern lawman he's in con he air plays, yeah he's like the second in command in con air he's um it's like a tough guy gritty mm-hmm. yeah he's in Usu- club usually antagonist he's in club dread mm-hmm. uh also was on lost for a long time mm-hmm. a lot of episodes of lost um yeah, I don't. Do you have anything else to kind of say about Run, Ronnie, Run? That that one's pretty. Uh... It's it's just a big string of jokes, really. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's Tammy's mad at him for getting arrested all the time. So, um, since they rescued him from this hostage situation, it gives them the light bulb idea to instead of getting arrested, he'll just get r- rescued from life threatening situations all the time, and that's what they do. So he can have a big lifted truck. They, they, he shows up in a, like a monster truck and Odenkirk comes out and sees him. And he's like, Oh, you lowered your truck. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, there's not much to say. There's not a lot of meat to this movie at all. It's just funny jokes. And, yeah. And funny people being in it. Um, pre- pretty good. Uh, Max, you want to do how do you week? Sure. I am of course nominating, uh david spade as joe dirt and of course nominating david cross as uh ronnie dobbs and uh any predictions you want to weigh in in any way here uh i would pick joe dirt because of the um scene 
when Jamie Presley sees him at the carnival and he's petting oh, that he's ridiculously long, uh, happy trail. Yeah. Um, and being sexy. I understand that does make a lot of sense. I am, of course, picking David Cross as uh, Ronnie Dobbs because male blondes are disgusting. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, easily. Male, also, David Cross Browner. got like really like jacked at, for a little while there. Yeah, he got some. Yeah, he was. He uh, like worked out a lot. <clears throat> yeah, he looked fine. He's. It's not disgusting Tobias Funke <laughs> a level of just like <laughs> disgusting little man pig thing. David Cross more attractive in real life than David Spade. Yeah, probably. I'm saying, I mean, he's a bald, I, I he's like a bald David, king. I like David Cross more, for sure. I like David Cross a lot. Yeah. Always, always have. Mm-hmm. Always will, damn mm-hmm. it. Uh, any last... Just anything to say, movie-wise? Everyone we know has seen Joe Dirt. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A dumb movie that's easily available on YouTube. Throw on Run, Run, Run sometime. Yeah, if you haven't seen Run, 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 It's not like a movie you need to run to go watch, but... Wow. uh, (laughs) I I paused for a moment because I was like, should I even say this fucking joke? I did it. Um, So with that... Let's tell the folks what we are watching next week. We alluded to it a little bit. We're going to be watching two James Bond films that um, we'll get into it next week, but um, have pretty interesting, I think, sort of, um, I guess, developmental stuff going on behind the scenes. Different studios making Bond stuff. We'll get into it deeper. Yeah. Yeah, two studios pretty much the same time we're making competing Bond movies. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, 1983 Octopussy and Never Say Never Again. Um, Should be fun. Should be a good time, yeah. Yeah. We've only talked to uh, Bond really briefly. Um, Friend of the show, Lee, was on because he was watching all the Bonds, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. made it through. Not even all of he the didn't, He didn't make it. Not even close. <laughs> Barely made a dent. Uh, if you'd like to follow the podcast on any of the social medias, uh, it is at Doubled Feature on Twitter, Doubled Feature on Instagram. You can send us an email, Doubled Feature uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd like to thank Ryan at Ryan Laser for our theme music and sam at hero institute for our logo you can read the webcomic that sam and i do together it's called nerds day nerdsday.com at nerds day on social medias um you could follow dan and i personally on twitter and letterboxd dan is at danny jankum i am at mac underscore dead and that's it dan any last words um here's what i would say in a hypothetical situation if somebody went to review our podcast and gave us a bad review and they said mean things about you. Oh yeah, review the podcast, please. Thank you. Yes, please do that. That was kind of the whole point of saying this. But if they gave us a bad review and said mean things about you, what mm-hmm. I would say is, you're talking to my man all wrong. You do it again. I'll stab you in the eye with the soldering iron. Double feature, 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 double feature